Hello, I'm Leroux Milan from Your New England Free Jacks, and you're watching the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. Actually, we're calling this the Waka Rangers show from now on. Just kidding. Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic. So a little bit sleepy from this weekend, you know, catching up. Same, but uh, same. doing very well. How about yourself? Not too bad. On Sunday, I was feeling pretty good at first, and then I was a little drowsy and then tired, but not sleepy. And then in the afternoon, after a drive, uh, Caitlin and I went up to um, Lebanon, New Hampshire, near Dartmouth College, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. I got some delicious uh, food truck Mexican food. It was awesome. And then on the drive back, I was like, oh, I'm feeling really, really sleepy. And then I took about a three-hour nap, woke up like this, oh, looking at my phone. <laughs> So, yeah, it was a good time. I really enjoyed it. Uh, for the folks that are not aware, if you've been living under a rock the past couple of days, um, Dave and I and a bunch of the Rangers and Outriders went to Logan Airport in the early hours of the morning on Saturday to welcome Mr. MVP himself, Bodine Waka, arrived at Logan Airport at 1 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, had a blast, had a couple signs there. A lot of fans wanted to greet him there as a welcome wagon. Let's, you know, just talk about your experience. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to John Payne and kids and James mm -hmm. Horkin, mm -hmm. uh, fan, super fans who came out for the yep. 1 a.m. arrival. Um, I got stuck in traffic on the <laughs> Zakem Bridge at yep. 1 in the morning trying to get there. Well, a little before trying to get there for 1 in the morning. Yes. Uh, so I stressed out, but made it. Made, I just missed all the, the waiting around banter, which is kind right. of a bummer. Yeah. But, uh, saw Bodine, got there, you know, saw TK. It was kind of good to, to see him. Always a pleasure to chat with TK. Of course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was fantastic and, and welcomed Bodine there off off the plane. His plane was coming in from Chicago. That's right. Uh, so just the last shorter leg flight. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. Then we all turned around and went home. I only had That's to pay right. eight bucks to park at Logan. I was there less than an hour. It all worked out, you know. Uh, Bozo had to pay twenty one dollars. I felt like we were only there for like an hour and a half. Crazy rates yeah. there for parking. It's oh, really yeah. crazy. Yeah, it costs, so it, yeah, basically it costs twenty bucks to pick somebody up at Logan if you have to park. It's insane because it's yeah. it's eight dollars for the first hour and then twenty one dollars if you go over sixty minutes. Wow, 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 wow. They really need to do something about that down there, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I was going to say, Bozo drove us in the minivan uh, from the, the Granite Outpost, uh, basically picked uh, picked me up from there. He was at the Granite Bunker, came to the Granite Outpost, and then we went down to Londonderry to pick up Dan from Merrimack, oddly enough, um, and then traveled there and, uh, down there with the Garnet Brigade, as we like to call ourselves, I guess, is the new uh, moniker for the, the three uh, New Hampshireite boys, I guess. Um, but yeah, it really enjoyed it. We w walked around Terminal B, lost for a little bit, like, where is he coming out at? And thank goodness um, TK was aware of where he was and kind of guided us down there, all of us together. And then you were able to uh, jump in right there uh, towards the end um, prior to us, uh, or actually after we greeted him. But uh, when we were doing the interview, you jumped in. It was great timing there for sure. So really, really glad to see Bodine. He looked in very good spirits. Um, you know, I would I would have been completely wrecked uh, after that flight. But he, yeah, it seems like he got some sleep. So very, very encouraging stuff. Cannot wait to see him back in the red, white, and blue. But let's get into the DC preview. That is the purpose of this particular segment. We're playing DC this week, uh, Dave. It's been, it was a long bye week. The, the players were all over the place, some in Miami, some in Mexico, yeah. some in the Dominican Republic. They seem to all uh, go down to the tropical weather areas. 
Um, I saw saw Coach Matthew kept it local. Went up to you know coastal Maine. Yep, he knows what's up. That's the that's That's the the move. Now's the time to to get to Maine. You know the tourist season hasn't really kicked off. True. Later it's going to be wild. Cape Cod, kind of the same thing. Now is Mm -hmm. the best time to get up to those spots. A thousand percent. He's. It's almost like he's a a true uh, New Englander. Uh, You know, going right now is the perfect time to go. You don't have to spend a ton of money. You don't have to jump in a plane to go somewhere exotic. You can get a really, really beach, a nice beach vacation right down the road in the great state of Maine. Watch out for it and Pennywise, though. Um, I will (laughs) say this. uh, Let's talk about D.C. The clown show that is the Eastern Conference second through sixth place has an unfamiliar silver team. The bottom feeders of the Eastern Conference in 2022, the D.C. Flags, a.k.a. the color scheme thieves of D.C., cleaned house during the 2022 campaign. That saw them just win three games in 2022. In comes Josh Sims from Hawks Bay and the NPC. Some really savvy pickups in the offseason followed, and the laughing stock of the conference showed up in the high school reunion with a Maserati, baby. Uh, we know right. the Jacks coaching staff in the offseason saw D.C. as a potential threat. They are currently playing 500 rugby, but that is currently good enough for second place in the dumpster fire that is the East. The Thieves have five wins and five losses with a point differential of eight points. They have a total of 29 table points. That is nine points off the pace of the mighty New England Free Jacks. The Flags got really lucky in their last game against Dallas. They took the lead right before halftime, and then due to lightning strikes in the area of Dallas, the match was abandoned, and the result was 3-7. to seven. Uh, Dallas fans are pissed off with the, uh, the decision on social media. What do you make of the glory holders, Dave? Yeah, that Dallas game was kind of funky. I watched it earlier today. It was one of the uh, nationally broadcast matches, so it wasn't mm-hmm. up on TRN until uh, today. Uh, I, I gave it a watch, and it was really interesting. Dallas scores a penalty four minutes in, mm-hmm. and then DC has a try called back for obstruction. There's a few ugly scrums, but not that many. DC snipes a few Dallas lineouts. Dallas makes about a million tackles. You know, they're hmm. kicking and tackling, kind of like we, we expect the Free Jacks to do often. Yep. And DC finally scores at, at 40 minutes, basically. They, they sneak through, and uh, then the game is called for Lightning, and they win 7-3. to three. And I kind of feel like it's the worst of both worlds mm-hmm. in terms of getting you, uh, keeping your competitive edge. Um you don't have a real bye week, obviously, because you got to train, you got to travel, um, you go down to to Dallas for the match. Um, so it's not it's no rest. It's a normal week, but then you only get to play forty minutes. You don't have a lot of success. You kind of win um, in the in a you snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Now, I'm sure that I'm sure that feels good. Yeah, for them, you know that feel that's a win. It counts. It's four points, right? Yeah, but. Um, I don't know. I feel like it is. It sets this game up to be up to be a little bit of a trap for them. Um, their set piece wasn't great. They did steal some Dallas lineouts, like I said. So not not terrible. Uh, a lot of collapse scrums. It's not like they got beat. Like their scrum is good. They have a very good scrum, but mm-hmm. they didn't really get to have very many. They didn't. You know, th- there were several collapses. There were a couple weird engages where like the hooker popped up on one. Um, early drives so like very few legit 
pushing healthy scrums. Yes. Very few stable scrums, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and I feel like, you know, like I said, kind of the worst of both worlds. You got to travel and then you go to the stadium, you play it in one half. It's not really very pretty. You score, you get the victory. But it, in terms of do I feel really prepared after a match like that to take on the conference leading New England Free Jacks? Probably not. And I think right. that plays into our place to our advantage, obviously. Uh, they're a really good team. They have a very good defense, mm -hmm. um, very high tackle success rate. Like they're very, they're very confident to let you play with the ball. Um, we know that they're very physical, good scrum. Like I said, I think we can target the line out a little bit. Their line out's not um, super great. They don't have the, the best retention. So maybe we can disrupt there. Um, but it's exciting. I like the, uh, I like the personnel on DC too. Yeah, they have some, they have some really good players, right? Uh, Fonana Schultz is an excellent player. They're captain now. Yeah. Tusatal, everybody knows who he is uh, based on the hair, you know, and, and just a flashy nine, you know, maybe one of the best in the league at this point. Yeah. Uh, they're 10. I don't think he's been playing 10 recently, but uh, prior to the past couple games, Bonilla Diaz, I believe. Yeah, uh, they've, they've had him back at fullback, and they've right. got Boyd in at 10, and, and he looks pretty good. Boyd's... You know, he's not going to be like a stat leader. He hasn't had enough starts, you know, to like be up there in the mix. But he's he looks pretty handy at, at, at 10. Very good. So, I mean, this is a team that's, you know, very, very different than last year. They've got their yeah. their core is, is still intact. Quentin Newcomer comes to mind as a guy that they yeah. brought in. A very, very savvy pickup. A guy that wasn't getting a lot of playing time in New England. You know, is coming basically off the bench now uh, there yeah. in D.C. And he's, as we know, a very, very strong guy. He uh, is. Really, really capable in the scrum. So, um, I wonder if he'll play a part in this game uh, down yeah. there in D.C. He's a he's a unit, too. He's a, he he's a very good ball carrier. He's fun to watch with ball yeah. in hand. Um, they have a really good 12-13 combo with um, Threat and Palamo and then yep. Talatena at 13. Mm -hmm. Those guys, will they can cut you up. They're both uh, they're really good at finding good lines, like good angles to run to break through a defense that is not that staggered. Um, they're tough to tackle. I mean, that's basically describing any center, right? Like yeah. the skills they have are not superlative to their position. They're just, they're good centers. You know, they're, they're good oh, at no. doing what their job is, which is hitting that, that defensive back line in a way that makes it really tough to stop. Um, you talked about Jamison Fanana Schultz. He's excellent. Uh, they, they've added Kyle Bailey, who is like a whole ass problem. Yeah, like that, that guy, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. You don't see I, many players who look as angry as he does during a rugby match. Dude, I, I talked to John Fitzpatrick last week about this and, you know, I am super jealous that they picked up Kyle Bailey because I, I, I look at the, the, um, the second row for the free Jacks as probably our weakest position only based on depth right now. Josh Larson's right, down. given injuries. And uh, Jesse Peretti is a that. walking yellow card, so he's out for several weeks at this point. So, you know, that would have been a real, real nice pickup. Maybe we just couldn't afford him because we we knew Bodine was, you know, in our back pocket, right? So yeah. it, we can't get all the great players, Dave, unfortunately. It's, it's just a, it's a real shame. But he's a guy that I look at and like, damn, I wanted to see him in a Free Jacks uniform. Uh, he gets to wear the red, white, and blue. It's just not the good kind, unfortunately. Yeah. So My theory, yeah. he hates us. And oh. if you're a free jack and you're listening, let that fuel you. 
I love that. Feel the hate. I love that. Yeah, this is a rivalry game. It has become a testy affair between these two squads, and I absolutely love it. I'm I'm eating it up big time. I really, really am glad that this is caught on as a a, a regional Eastern Conference rivalry game. I think... Um, Yep. I think they are bigger rivals than New York. We hate New York more, but in terms of like how intense each match always gets, mm-hmm. I think I think DC's probably our spiciest match. Wow. Consi- That's a consistently. Hot take. That's a like hot take. New York it's not like there's easy or soft New York matches too, but like yep. I don't know. I feel like in DC we are always in each other's face. We're grabbing jersey. It starts early and mm-hmm. it continues the whole match. Like yep. both of these teams, I think, really have a little bit of a grudge back and forth. And especially this year, as the the one and the two, mm-hmm. you know, I wish this match was in was in Quincy. Like I, oh, I really, too, yeah. it would be really fun to watch. I, I'm excited about the match this weekend. In terms of competitiveness, you know, the last time that we played them, we only beat them by three points, and you mm-hmm. know. New York cannot say that they came within three at any point, uh, you know, in, in the in the results this year. So there you go against us, at least so far. Uh, John Fitzpatrick, our D.C. correspondent, told us that D.C. needs to come out and attack the kickoff is what he said. Mm-hmm. They really try to score right off the kickoff, just like a sevens match. You know, USA rugby kind of uh, pioneered that whole jump up and knock it back type of thing. Uh, but he mentioned an interesting point in, the, uh, in game theory, Dave. He threw this mm-hmm. out there. There is six games left for them. There are more important games for them that they must win. Hmm. Three teams are easier for them to win, um, and three teams are not so easy, and we're in that not-so-easy category. And the Jacks aren't in one of those three, as I was saying. So uh, the question for DC becomes, do they put their full-strength squad out and really, really go balls to the wall in an extremely competitive match that they might get dinged up for the remaining matches that they absolutely have to win? So I don't know if John Fitzpatrick Fitzy uh, of Rugby yep. Morning was kind of rope-a-doping me here into thinking that, like, <laughs> oh, this might be an easy don't win for the worry. Free Jacks. It's in the bag. Right, right, right. So it, it's interesting to think about because, you know, they're in a situation where they're, what, like ten po- nine points off the, the pace from us. So they're really in that dogfight for the yeah. second or third place uh, for the, the playoffs here in the Eastern yeah. Conference. So they're looking down the road. And I'm not talking about they, the team. They, the fans, the super fans of D.C., the glory holders, if you will, um, they, they're looking at, like, the future games and saying, well, if they lost to the Free Jacks, if they didn't put out their best squad against the Free Jacks, they didn't put out their best effort, we still have games down the road that are bigger fish to fry to make sure we get maximum amount of points. So that's an interesting and something that maybe we'll see play out for this game. So. Uh, yeah. Where does Waka fit into this 23? I, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we've talked about it already a little bit. I think maybe fullback makes the most, maybe that's a yeah. big capital M. Maybe fullback makes the most sense for him to slot into mm-hmm. in terms of uh, we already know he obviously has the, the fielding and the kicking and all, you know, the fullback skill set. The, the question is, um, it's a little bit personnel, right? Like Jason Potters is having such an amazing season. I think you keep mm-hmm. him right where he is. Yep. Um, and so then that raises the question of like, okay, but then where do we put Bodine Waka, who we just flew in from, you know, Japan by way of his homeland in New Zealand? Yes. We, we didn't fly him in for no reason. Nope. And he needs to play to be eligible for the postseason. So I think 15 makes the most sense. You could put him in at wing, but I think 
Um, I think probably 15 is where we'll see him. Uh, As I was saying, though, the question is like learning the plays. How much have the plays... Uh, and when you say like the play is real, you mean like the attacking system. It's it's more of a flow chart than a play, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are yeah, this different is an assignments, football, right? Yeah. yeah, that's the distinction <laughs> I'm trying to make. It's not like you can say, oh, well, we'll 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 keep it super simple and we'll, you know, d- slot you in here. Um, and it's just a question. It's stuff we don't know. How much yeah. does it change from last year? How much does he really need to learn? Maybe he just needs to learn a few new things, and that okay, and we're making some tweaks in terms of our protocol when are we mm-hmm. going to do which play a game plan stuff like yes where how many phases before we're going to kick who's going to kick person you know uh, we don't know the answers to those questions like how much he's going to need to be brought up to speed in order mm-hmm. to play like uh in other positions he could play 13 he's got the skill set to play there i mean he really yeah. could play almost anywhere it's a question of where the coaches are gonna uh are gonna fit him in um We'll see. Now watch. He'll come in at 10 and we'll all just look like idiots. But <laughs> but we would be okay with that as well. I mean, yeah, I, I, would, would be... I would feel a little bad for Jason. But then again, Jason has played 15 at the NPC yeah. level. So he could slot right in there and he'd be perfectly fine. You know, and this uh, weekend especially, you may see, you know, I think it's hard to slot right in at 10 after one week of practice. That's the other right. big reason yeah, that I that kind of doubt that. Yeah. But maybe that is what we see. Maybe Jason starts the match and then 65, 70 minutes, you know, something like that. Waka comes in, he gets his appearance, you know, like it counts. He mm-hmm. he gets a little bit of knock the rust off, throw, chuck the ball around with the boys. And I mean, who knows? I'm I'm really curious to see how that goes too. Let's um, rewind for a second because you yeah. keep talking about the appearances necessary for to make the playoff roster. I think that's the things that people are overlooking. And when you mentioned it in our fan reaction video, it kind of lit a, a light bulb over the top of my head. I'm like, oh, I kind of forgot about that. So can you explain that real quick? Yeah, I'm trying to type while I talk to, to look it up as well. Um, it, when they announced the new trade deadline, right, mm-hmm. an earlier trade deadline, along with that came a new rule. Of, I think it's new. I don't remember it from last year. About you 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 don't just have to be signed at the deadline. You then have to play in. I think it was four games. So this you is the to... New York rule that we're referring to, as we <laughs> right. like to call it on this right. show, where you can't just bring in these all-star players. You know, two weeks before the playoffs, that type of thing. Yeah, right. So so you have to appear in four matches now. Heaven forbid, you know, there's a chance he picks up an injury or something and needs to sit a week. Knock on wood. You want to get those appearances in. You don't want later to be like, oh, God damn, I wish we had that DC week. Mm-hmm. Right? You want yeah. this week to check the box, the first of four boxes you got to check for him to be playoff eligible. That's so right. I think we see him for sure this yes. weekend. Um, I, maybe I eat my hat, but that's that's what I would expect. Um you want to get the four out of the way as quickly as possible, right? I mean, you right. know, just to avoid any situation where you're you're looking foolish uh, down the line. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think for that reason, I mean, that's that's not an uncommon rule either. I mean, when I was a coach in club rugby, it was the exact same. You mm-hmm. you have to submit your rosters um, to like the competition management system. 
And so they know exactly who's playing, you know, all the way one through 23. You tell them who got subbed in and who didn't. If you didn't get subbed in, it doesn't count as an appearance. And then when the playoffs roll around, you can only submit a roster of players who are eligible based on how many matches they played in the regular Mm -hmm. season. If you have somebody who played one match, you know, came off the bench once or showed up at the end of the season and, you know, oh, my God, he played in Pro D2 in France and now he's here. He moved to Boston and he's he's on our team. He played one match. Well, he can't play in the postseason. He didn't play enough of the right. regular season. Um, yep. You know, keeps keeps teams from bringing in ringers. Yeah, it's a void. It, and it's yeah, a normal com- competitive stacking. rule. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, For sure. So Makes that's, sense. <clears throat> that's what that's all about. For sure. Okay, very uh, good. Uh, so here's my here's my question about this weekend though. Kurt Baker hasn't been playing for DC. He wasn't in the roster last week. I don't know why. Um, I don't know if he's hurt or, or like badly hurt. I, I, I did a little googling to see. I, I didn't find any like America's Rugby News articles about him or anything. Mm-hmm. So I assume it's not a big injury if he's injured. So I'm hoping he's back because he's their player coach and. Yep. He and Waka played on the New Zealand Sevens team yeah, for sevens three years legend. together. Yeah. He's a Sevens sure. legend, yeah. Silver medalist at the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. He, you know, he's got like two Commonwealth Game golds. He 53 appearances in the, uh, you know, Sevens World Cup, that the the highest level Sevens competition playing for mm-hmm. New Zealand. I mean, he is the real deal, and. He and Waka played together for three years, and I can only imagine that both of these guys are would be eager for the opportunity to lay some hickory on their at the bit, former sure. teammates. Absolutely. He is a very abrasive guy, too. Yes, he is. And I said, last time we played him, I said, like rumored <laughs> to be a really nice guy off the pitch. Like, right. you hear but commentators say pitch. that, yes. which is significant because on the pitch, he is a he's a uh, real dick. He's yeah. a real dick. Yeah, I mean he's mouthy. He's <laughs> yep. physical. He's always throwing sh- you know dumb shoulders into people. But he's very good at doing it in a way where nobody you know he's not going to get carded. He's not going to get penalized. He's just yeah. incredibly annoying. He gets under mm-hmm. your skin. You know mm-hmm. we know that's effective. So yes, power to him. But oh man, I I hope he's back. I want to see Kurt Baker. I want to see Kurt Baker lose. Me too, man. Listen, I, I really hope that, you know, I talked about this with uh, Fitzy. I was like, in Phil's fantasy land, we have the opportunity here to beat every single Eastern Conference team twice this year to sweep the Eastern Conference. That would be absolutely epic. And to do that, we've got, what, three more uh, Eastern Conference teams on the schedule. Yeah. And we've got to beat all of them to get this excellent little achievement, unlock this achievement in my mind that is uh, this going to really, really be exciting stuff and, and, and a great thing for us to talk a lot of crap going forward in the offseason and everything else. So <laughs> I'm really excited yeah. about that. And, and it starts right here with D.C. It's, it's really the last. This is we're getting into the push to the playoffs, right? Yes. We're beyond midseason at this point. What is there? For sure. Six games, left, seven games, six games in the regular season left. Yeah. So, you know, three of them are Eastern Conference, Conference opponents and then three, obviously, Western Conference opponents. So you, you really got to to distance ourselves and secure the first seed uh, and uh, get that bye week, we really got to play very, very well against these Eastern Conference opponents. And we have the ability to do that. I'm a little concerned about our clinical finishing, keyword clinical finishing, hashtag clinical finishing, that I have brought uh, brought up many, many times on this show. And Bozo has articulated it very, very well in, in the past 
most recently on a post that I can't remember where it was, but I'm paraphrasing. This is going to hurt this team at some point if we don't get this fixed. And I am in agreement with him a thousand percent. Against that New York team, where even though we won the game and shut them out, played great defensively, it was so frustrating to get held up over and over and over again. I do not want to see that again in this game. You have to start getting better at finishing. You have to have that killer instinct and making sure that you're finishing opponents in their 22. So uh, my key to the game was going to be that, but I don't want to be too repetitive. So I'm going to say set the tone early is my key to the game. We know DC likes to bring it at the start of games. We need to set the tone early and make the most of our scoring opportunities in their 22, flip the script on them and get to a comfortable lead and watch them fold in the final 20. Because again, our depth is better than theirs. It's better than everybody's in MLR. So it's, it's an ongoing theme this year. So let's use it to our advantage. Let's get a comfortable lead 60 minutes in. Let's, let our subs take over our reserves, our finishers, whatever you want to call them, and basically close this game out. But you can't do that without clinical finishing. So I am going to throw that in there a little bit. But basically set the tone early. I want to see a couple of tries, maybe within, the, let's say, the first 30 minutes, get maybe three tries on the board and just kind of manage it from there. What you got? like it. Um, I was tempted to go back to discipline, which I've harped mm-hmm. on a lot lately uh, mm-hmm. because, as we talked about earlier, always – always a heated game uh but i wanted to go with something a little more technical and i think securing our lineouts okay. is my key to the game so securing our lineouts uh, it, it's an important attacking platform you talked about clinical finishing lineouts or clean lineouts are a big part of that um but it's also important for defense too, setting up good exits, getting it out of your half. You know, mm-hmm. when you're back inside your own 22 and and you get the line out, you know, you got to be able to bring it down, bring it down clean, get it back to your kicker and get the ball, you know, hoofed to the other half of the pitch. So line out's really important on both sides of the ball. Uh, well, I guess always your ball, both sides of the pitch. How's that? Uh, <laughs> every location on the pitch, lineouts are important, and so I think being able to win our own lineouts will be my key to the game. Love it. I think that's absolutely something that we need to focus on for sure. It's it's a bit uh, a, a kind of a rogues gallery to a certain extent with our jumpers. Uh, we do have Connor Keys available. Uh, Simisi Paye had a head knock in the previous game, New York. Yeah. I mean, it's been quite a, a while, but you never know about those uh, concussion-related injuries. Is he going to be fit? Uh, Sam Fishley's been, you know, not in the 23 recently. Not sure if it was an injury that he picked up or just being rested, but we would definitely need him back in the lineup as well. Otherwise, are we going to have to have, like, I, I don't know, Win Conradi jumping? Like, who wants to lift him <laughs> up? You know what I mean? Like, That's a big... not me. That's a Gosh, big unit. He's He'd a big do boy. It too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, a bit of a it's a little bit of a question mark. Uh, I I think Connor Keys and um, Kyle Bailey should be the like head to head face of this match because uh, I think you know like obviously I think the lineouts will be important um, and I just want to see that picture. You know, <laughs> Connor and Kyle just they both always look like warriors you know two they canadian they look like yeah. yeah two canadian lumberjacks just there for your you know for your your uh, narrative pleasure right these guys clashing Absolutely. it's going to be a big one 
It is, it is. Before we get into predictions, I wanted to mention here, I'm not sure who this Facebook user is, but realize Sunday is Mother's Day. The DC yes. road trip status is questionable now. Now, Bozo and I had planned on doing the watch along, and it is still technically scheduled to be going on, but he forgot that it was Mother's Day as well. So um, that might be something that we might have to cancel, guys. I'm not sure, but just uh, <laughs> keep uh, keep uh, being on the lookout for our post about that. Bozo has entered the chat a little bit late here, but, you know, uh, at least he made Sorry. it. And my Better key to the game, finish. Uh, get down there, get over the line, and jot the freaking rock in the grass. I agree a thousand percent. Uh, Got to finish. Got to yeah. finish in this game. Definitely want to put him away early and then just want to manage it from there. Uh, let's see here. So my prediction, I you know, I, I, I'm keeping with this 18, Dave. For some reason, that 18 will just not go away. It's like a bad ex-girlfriend. Uh, DC 18, New England 31. All so right. st well, still got that 31 in there. 31. Yep. It's a comfortable win for the Free Jacks down there in DC. Um, you know, they have improved, but I just feel like we are so far above them in, in terms of starting roster and also substitutes. And I, I expect Waka to come into the game or either he starts or he comes in and he's going to make, he's an impact player. So he will be factored into this game. 100%, maybe get him uh, himself on the try sheet. You never, never know. We'll have to see, but uh, the dice are, I can hear them yeah. in my headphones. They're ready to go. Let's go. Uh, yeah. We got, Ooh, a 13. Ooh. Very low. I like that as a score though. 13. That's feasible. Uh huh. And we got a 36. Very reasonable nice. prediction from the dice today. 13 to 36. You know, that 13 st uh, stands out to me because how well have the New England Free Jacks been playing defensively? So yeah. a 13. We uh, didn't talk about it. Yeah. The, yeah. 13 would be great. Talk about how great. good the Free Jacks defense is. But you had some graphics up on uh, the socials yeah, there. Uh, 100 and something minutes uh, yeah. that they have not conceded any points to any team in MLR. Uh, that it's going basically a, a game and a half at this point because we shut out New York, easy right. pickings there. And then I think Atlanta scored in the 33rd minute of our game against them, and they didn't yep. score after that. We scored 23 unanswered points. So we're, we're really, really kicking ass right now in our defensive setup it's really really impressive stuff last year we had the same thing it was more tackles last season because we were kicking the ball away and kind of uh, being content with the other team yeah. with possession until we come in and poach the ball and then attacked off of that like a counter attack but this season we've just been not letting people score it's pretty sweet to watch yeah. running the ball making them tackle defense mm -hmm. is exhausting as yep. uh we well know and as intensely as the free jacks play defense it's it's good to not have to do it too much yes. you know it, you can only make so many of those double tackles um just <laughs> time wise so it's nice to kind of minimize the amount of time the other team has the ball and then still smother them defensively you know try to engender that hopeless feeling in your opponent <laughs> always yep. good Always a good time for sure. So we got some uh, Facebook users coming in here. 26 for D.C., New England 33, so a seven-point victory away from home. That seems very sensible, right? That's that's yeah. a very, very much like a, a Las Vegas line right there, considering we're away from home. Uh, Jacks by 90, I love that. Hashtag Jacks by 90. Make sure you guys are posting that throughout the week on uh, Twitter. Uh, James Horkin here. Uh, Jacks hang 90 on them. Wouldn't that be nice? A 90 burger since we had an 80 burger early in the season. Sounds delicious to me. 
that would really be something epic. I mean, you know, breaking the scoring record again, breaking the try record again in the same season. Now, this is a much better team than Toronto. <laughs> so right. I, I don't see that happening per, uh, per se, but we might have to throw in a Jacks by 90 yeah. uh, on Twitter at some point. Yeah. Let's not let that stand in the way of no. fun, you know. No. Listen, a dub's a dub. If it's right. one point victory or a 90 point victory, I don't care as long as we win. That's what really matters in terms of the standings here. Got some other predictions coming in. 42 to 17 jacks, of course. Now that's big, big numbers, right? Away from yeah. home, and DC is much improved. So that would really be a statement victory for our New England Free Jacks uh, against the, well, I was going to say lowly, but they are in second place, uh, the DC. Yeah color scheme thieves aka the dc flags uninspiring name i i have to say like put it okay i feel like i do this every season why are you putting your mascot in front of your location i don't get it like are with it they're just trying to like be hip and be smarter like the smartest people in the room you just look like fools i I cannot stand (laughs) it If you're going to have a lame mascot, then just put it in the traditional sense. Here's a great name, New England. It is your location. That is who you represent. It is six (laughs) states. That is where you're hailing from. Free Jacks. Yeah, it's a strange name, but it it ties into the Revolutionary War. Perfect branding, right? That's a great name. Old Glory DC? What is that even like, huh? Where is Old Glory? I've never heard of it. And what's a DC? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's go. breaking convention. It's wrong. You're doing it's, it wrong. It's lame. It's really, really lame. So uh, I guess it is what it is. Uh, did, I say, did you mention final thoughts? I just kind of went off on a tangent and then had short time memory loss. No, I think, like I said, I think this is going to be a really good game. I anticipate it being fun um, just in terms of a, a good matchup that I think we are mm-hmm. equipped to win, uh, but certainly won't be easy. Um I think that the boys will go down there and they will, you know, bring a win home from the nation's capital. Well, from 40 miles west northwest of the nation's capital. Leesburg, Virginia. So if you All guys, are, if, if, if there's any brave rangers out there that are making the trip down there to Leesburg, Virginia, uh, God bless you and, and good luck. That's, yeah. uh, that's what I've got to say about that. All right. Uh, with that being said, I have one word to exit the video in three. Two, one, huzzah!